United States has received from the Greek government an urgent appeal for financial and economic assistance. Greece must have assistance if it is to become a self-supporting and self-respecting democracy. The very existence of the Greek state is today threatened by the terrorist activities of several thousand armed men led by communists. Welcome back to another episode of I Americanized, a podcast that explores a topic central to America and its influences. I am your host, Shafi Hussein. How is Greece influenced by the United States? Today we have comedian and Greek superstar Gus Constantalis join the podcast to share his personal stories growing up Greek in New York City. We discuss the Greek community in America and in Greece. We discuss the Truman Doctrine and how Cold War era shaped Greece's economy. And Gus gives us some great Greek food and music recommendations. I hope you guys enjoy the show today. Um, growing up Greek in America, interesting. So like I always say, it's weird because like there's so many things I didn't know about, like, and there's so many even like American things that I still don't know about. Like the, the, the purest, nicest form of this is like, I haven't seen a lot of like Disney movies, like Cinderella, all those classic princess movies. And that's like two reasons. Like one, having immigrant parents where like, that wasn't important to them. And then having also two older brothers that were like 10 years older and five years older. So like, I grew up on like Rocky too. Like I was like, I grew up on Rock- Rocky is my Cinderella essentially. You know what I mean? Like I grew up on like Rocky two, Rocky four. I love Rocky four. I love like, you know, um, a lot of like, what was that movie? Those mo- the movies with the, uh, the three brothers were like one of them was called Tum Tum. Like that was, you know, stupid, like boy movies of the nineties and eighties is what I grew up with. And so, and it's because of like, you know, my parents weren't really paying attention to what we were watching because it wasn't important to them. Like they didn't have TVs growing up. So they were just like, yeah, like whatever they're watching is fine. And like, I watched Scream when I was four years old. Like that's my favorite movie of all time. And I'm like, I would literally like, I was like a seven year old and I would rent all the Nightmare on Elm Streets and I would just like watch them like alone and like no one cared, no one paid attention to me. Uh, It was great. And we would go every summer, we would go to Greece and like spend the summers there, but it wasn't like expensive, lavish trips to Greece. It was like, we'd go to Greece and we would take a three hour bus to my mom's village, which was like, it's a crater. It's literally a crater in the world. Like you have to drive and then start plummeting into the earth. And like in like this like giant like hole in the earth is this village where there's like no running water. There's like no indoor bathrooms. There's like one restaurant and like no one wears any shoes. No one has any teeth. Like it's just a wild situation. And we would go every summer and it would be like, okay, we're going to the village. And I remember it would be all the cousins and stuff. So we would like 
all shampoo our hair and then someone would be in charge of the hose and we would have to like hose each other down because that was just like the easiest way to have everyone take a shower at the same time it was just like that was my experience growing up um and there's things that like my parents i feel like don't know about american history because why would they at the end of the day like i don't know if you have this experience but like teaching my mom the history of gay people in america or black people in america it's like how the, where the fuck do i start you know what i mean like where do i start teaching someone who i again i have to explain like she grew up in like the 60s and 70s in this like small village that had a hundred people and that's all she knew and she would even get like her village would get you know money from the truman doctrine and they would come and they would drop off clothes and like in the town square they would just drop off like a huge pile of clothes from like america is what they would say like that's what people like when they were young they were just like this is from america and they would drop off these clothes and you'd have like all the people in the village would have to go and like pick like fight for whatever clothing they want and my mom told me that she found this like wool coat one time and she never took it off because she was worried if she took it off that like people would steal like rob it from her like people in the village like her cousins would take her wool coat like that's how terrifying it was and so then she came to america when she was about 22 with a kid not speaking the language and came to new york and like all of a sudden it was like there's gay people there's black people there's indian people there's hispanic people and she's just like i have never in my life seen this before and so now it's like we're teaching her even now to this day like systemic racism slavery the fact that gay rights just happened for the first time five years ago and i'm like this woman and like my mom tells me this story when she was a kid where it's like she was like she didn't know what ice cream was and so she she had ice cream for the first time and she wanted to show it to everybody in her village so she biked down to her village and it was a 30 minute bike ride and by the time it happened it melted but because she didn't know what ice cream was she didn't know that ice cream could melt because she's so stupid like how again i explained like how am i supposed to teach you like decades and hundreds of years of like racism in america it's just impossible like it's so hard to teach people that and to, in nuanced ways and so i think that was kind of my experience and so like whatever i was learning was through this lens of like okay well i i don't really i don't experience like i i don't have this in my life like in my experience like everyone around me is either greek or everything so it's like because on my block like growing up it was like it was greek people arabic people um and uh, like, you know, like one, like one Asian girl and like one, and then in my elementary school, it was like everything. So it was just like everything under the sun was in my elementary school class. And I could, I was just like, this is normal. This is what normal society looks like. And then I grew up and realized like, oh my God, white people are the majority. I've never in my life, like, are you kidding me? I'm in New York. Like we had like, everything and then all of a sudden it was just like oh i get it now i get it now i see that growing up i had a very weird experience yeah what what year was uh when your mom moved to the u.s just for context 1984 which is that's like you know what i mean like michael J like thriller had come out by that point you know what i mean like that's insane 
And did did she move because of any kind of like you know unrest in her village, or there was an opportunity she found and she was like, let's let's move to America. Well, it was a lot of things. It was a lot of like it was one. There was unrest in her village because there was a murder. <laughs> there was, um, there was a her brother got murdered in like yeah. over a a field dis like a land dispute. Yeah, in the village mm. and they all were working in Athens and they there was no opportunities in Greece at that point it was the 80s like it was a lot of economic unrest there was this crazy thing going on in her village and I think they all were just like if we don't move to America there's really nothing for us to do here Mm. and they all were getting married at that point so they were like well we want our kids to have better lives than we do and not murdered over land so let's move to america isn't that isn't that insane that you know everything we know from ancient civilization is mostly from greece right and the way the way you describe greece now and if i didn't know that if the audience or whoever is listening doesn't know that you're talking about greece they would think you're talking about a third world country that's insane uh, like you don't it's, have that's it's right it's so funny like that's exactly right like i well it's because it's like where i went like where we went right it was obviously going to be like oh you know unless my family is from like an island or like yeah. a or touristy island like yeah. you know we're never going to experience that and so like yeah growing up we would go there now when we go we go to the fancy islands and we sometimes we'll do like a fancy hotel but it's like so rare it's like so nice right um yeah you're right so you know like you, you talked about talked about the the truman doctrine which is fascinating because there's a statue of truman in athens uh which gets vandalized i think every few years um so i guess from from someone who's like greek american what is the what is how do you perceive truman to be um, as a, as a person who kind of you know, on, on paper helped a lot during the Truman Doctrine with you know providing aid um, to Greece versus how are how is he perceived now? Is there a difference or is he still a hero? Or well, I think it was I. So it's so funny because I didn't know about that whole Truman Doctrine story until I learned about it in in high school mm. like we were learning about the cold war and the truman doctrine and like what it meant for european countries and i went home and i think i like mentioned it to my dad or something and then my mom was like oh i know about the truman doctrine and i was like what so it was so strange you know learning about this thing that happened in europe and then all of a sudden like going home and being like oh my god my parents got aid from that like that's such a weird like I don't know the little white kids in my class obviously you know the day or the little American kids in my class obviously had no idea had didn't have that connection and so I was like that's cool I think it is such a it was such a political thing it was like purely for Greeks to avoid communism Mm. and I think that's how it's remembered now it was like purely a political stunt in order to keep most European countries democratic. Right. And Greece being really important to that because 
it invented it, it invented democracy as we say mm. and like america was not going to let that happen right. because it meant more to america that greek state greece stayed democratic than it did to greece at the end of the day that's so fascinating that it's like you look at your older brother who's going through you know a crisis and you're like i need to uh, do everything in my power to protect you um, because yeah. at, at the time too like uh, right around the second world war um, you had another civil war going on that lasted till like 1949 and th that's when that's and in 52 i believe that's when greece joined nato right so i think the u.s and greece had bilateral relations all throughout since their independence in 18 37 from the ottoman empire um and they had the you know their first embassy and i think u.s was one of the first countries to recognize uh greece as an independent country which is so fascinating in itself like you can do that the, the biggest empire the greatest empire at one time now needs recognition from other countries um as an individual right um so i guess you know you you have that kind of relationships um, but in, in Greece versus Greek Americans, do you see a difference on how they view America as an entity or has it been mostly favorable or there's some kind of, uh, uh, negative feelings towards the U S definitely shifted a lot. And I think that when I was, there's definitely this perception of Americans as stupid and fat hundred <laughs> percent across the board. And that, it, you know, but you know what I mean? Like that exists like in, in in france especially french people are like americans are stupid and fat like that is their perception and it's weird because greek people have gotten kind of fat so now <laughs> so now it's less that they were fat and more that we're just stupid which is kind of fair and they hate trump they really hate trump um um and and not i mean obviously not all of them but mostly the media is in like people in Greece know and acknowledge that like Trump is bad for the country, mm. seeing it from a bird's eye view. And uh, even the Greek Americans are also slightly, I don't want to make any sweeping generalizations here, but Greek Americans are slightly less progressive than Greeks and Greece are now at this mm. point, I feel in 2020. Whereas I think in the nineties, it was more the opposite where it was like, you know, we're so cultured because now we're American as well as being Greek and Greek people were still like, you know, obviously living sometimes in these villages with one bathroom. And so it was like we were sort sort of behind, whereas now, again, I mean, I did pitch Greece as like the third world country, but, you know, there are places like Athens where there exists a lot of culture and whatnot. And, you know, people in Greece are pretty progressive at this point. They like, you know, they don't really hate gay people. There's gay people in media like even a lot of the racial tensions that exist are like trying are, are being diffused in, in better ways. I think, um, I, I think the perception of Greek Americans is that Greeks are lazy. Also, like we have this thing of like, Oh, they just do siesta and they fall asleep at two o'clock until like seven. And, you know, I think that's true during the summer, but like, <laughs> I know every Greek person I know is like, yeah, we do that during the summer because it's summertime. And like, when it's winter or not summer, we just like work all day. And like, that's how it is. Like, we just have a different mentality. Like Americans, it's like work, 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 like 60 hours a week. Yeah. Whereas in Europe, it's like, you know, let's just 
we show up at 10, you know, we work till five and we go home and that's fine. Right. And that's fucking fine. We don't need to be doing this shit yeah. anyway. Um, but there is a lot of tension, like, especially with the videos that I post that are sometimes like too Greek American. I'll get a lot of comments from Greek people that are like, okay, well, this isn't true. This is slightly offensive. And it's like, yeah, I can, I can see how you would think that. Mm. So what do you think made the shift in the 90s that made Greek Americans a bit more conservative compared to uh, the Greeks in Greece? You know, I don't know if it was the 90s that that happened, but I know that Greek Americans at a certain point are, this is also an issue of, I feel like, not just only immigrants, but white immigrants, especially. Mm. There is like this thing of like the, 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 the plight of the white immigrant where they think I came here with nothing, right? Like I came here, I didn't have anything. I worked really hard and I made some money and now I have things and I can provide to my family, but they don't, they know, not knowing the history of America, don't understand what white privilege is and don't mm. understand what systemic racism is. Right. And so trying to tell people that didn't have anything and worked really hard that, oh, you did that because it was easier for you is like, you can't, you, they're not going to understand that right? because they're from their eyes. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah. And that that also is what privilege is at the end of the day and mm. they don't really understand that and so they come from places where they're persecuted or they're they they're poor and they don't have money and they come to america and it's slightly easier for them because they're white and or not slightly a lot and so then they get to this certain place and they see other immigrants that aren't you know coming here legally or they see people of color Compl compl what they say is complaining about not being able to make as make it as far as white people and they're like well why i don't <laughs> see why and it's like okay well dude you know think about it i don't, yeah. I don't know think about it a little bit you know yeah. i don't know if that's making any sense no no but, I, get, i get it completely uh, it's 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 yeah, hard and, to it's hard to understand you know uh, two three hundred years of oppression in in a, in a, in a 10 years if you don't really look into it right because you also have your own right. you ha also have your own oppression so it's like also like you don't realize because you might be too engulfed by what happened to you so you don't and like like the thing you said about your you know mom coming from a small village and not having um diversity in their life and that's that's true with my parents in bangladesh you know they live among uh, in a community that's very um homogeneous right so you don't really get to see they didn't have the luck or the capacity like i did like you did to me uh to be grow up and be among people with different backgrounds so that you get to learn more and i think that's true with white supremacists as well they just they just don't have the luck to be um growing up with like other brown folks and people of color so that they have a different perception of them right right and also a lot of white immigrants come from places where democracy isn't the norm or where democracy has been dismantled in some way so you get people that are threatened by um government control mm. because of what has happened in their own countries and so generally people like that are more conservative 
because or they fall towards Republican or Trump because they want less government control. And that is what is promised by Republicans. Mm. And so that and so you they form more conservative ideas over the years as they come here. And it's mostly, you know, there's this brilliant episode of One Day at a Time, which is about a Cuban family in L.A. It's a show. It's a television show. And they do this episode where half the family is really Trump and half the family is super liberal. And they're like, I don't understand why you could be pro-Trump when we're people of color and we're immigrants in America. Mm. And the argument they give is, well, that's what Castro, Castro is promising free health, Castro promised free health care, Castro promised all these free things and look at where we ended up. Mm. I'm scared that the promises that liberals make are going to end up in what happened to Cuba. And I was like, that is exactly how probably a lot of immigrants feel coming from places like that, where maybe, you know, the government took over Mm. or maybe the all the free shit that was promised ended up being harmful at the end of the day Mm. and their democracy was taken away from them in some way because again greece was going through a shit ton of political turmoil and economic turmoil in the 80s and i'm sure that my parents lean more conservative because of that right um so yeah so you know one of the most famous greek americans to be in the you know american politics was the vice president to nixon and 69 i think his name was uh spiro um I don't know how much you learned about him growing up or if he is if he is something that, you know, Greek Americans talk about a lot. Um, what is your do you have any relationship to Spiro or do you did you follow th- those years under the Nixon administration? Not really, not at all. Yeah, so he was That's so weird, I know. Yeah, no but no, but you know, he was he was this VP to Nixon and Nixon is probably mentioned in every episode that I do because of the, uh, the the policies he had in the during the Cold War and war on drugs and everything that goes with him and you know um, so he always gets a shout out um, so he was actually one of the you know the, the VPs um, during that era and he uh, he had some scandals during obviously because Nixon had scandals so it's like you know I guess a group package deal um maybe something uh, i'm sure your parents probably followed i'm not sure because you know he is greek american not really from greece greece um so now mm-hmm. i want i want to pivot into your personal life and how much uh do you think you have american in you versus how much greek do you think you have in you oh my god I, you know, it's so funny because it's like when I was young, I feel like it was such a huge part of my personality. Like my friend in in high school, the first day of class, they were like, you know, say your name and a fun fact about you. And I literally was, I said, I'm Gus and I'm Greek. And um, she still remembers that. She was like this fucking asshole. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This stupid kid. Um, And I guess now it would be like, I also listened to so much Greek music and went to so many like concerts and it was such a huge part of my life, you know, and I would say, um, 
you know, I would say like not 50-50, but 60 probably American and 40% Greek mm. because it's always, you know, you're always reminded of it during the holidays. And I feel like now with Christmas coming up, it really comes up, you know, because um, those things are super important uh, to, you know, culturally, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess there's so many things that I like really enjoy about Greek culture. Like I really love, I really do love Greek music. Like there is, there's some bangers, I have to say. There's a lot of bangers. Uh, and there's some Greek artists that I follow to this day that I'm like, this is a good fucking album. I like yeah. this album. Um, yeah. What about like America and Greek uh, fusion? Like what kind of stuff that's going on that you might know of that you might you know be able to recommend? Like the, maybe it could be media, maybe it could be mostly media, entertainment and pop and movies. Like what what is in the zeitgeist right now? Um, you know, I, <laughs> I think that it is, um, the food is really making a comeback, I think, in culture, like, I think people are starting to discover more Greek foods other than Spanokopita and gyro, like, I think we're finally getting <laughs> out of that bubble. And, uh, uh you know, I think there's, there's so many good Greek foods that I feel like Americans have never even tried. And I think it's finally starting to happen. Right. Yeah, I love, I love. Do you say gyro or do you say euro? Like what is... You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something super controversial right now. Yeah. I don't give a fuck <laughs> how you say it. I like don't care. Like it's such a point of contention between yeah. Greeks and Greeks Amer Greek Americans too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's also a regional thing in America. Like mm. in Chicago, they only say gyro. In New York, they say gyro. In LA, it's usually some non-Greek person correcting you because mm. that's how white people are. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's usually like Bob in, in some, you know, it's pronounced gyro. And it's yeah. like, no, it's not Bob. Fuck you. Get out of my face. Um, I don't care. Mm. That's great to know. I, I'm always like worried. Because, you know, it's the same way. I with truly like... It's the same with like fa versus fo, and people are like, "What are you doing?" You know what I mean. But like, I feel like fa maybe is a bit more, a bit less controversial because like people accept it more. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I love that. It's like, why would you? It's, it's tasty. Just eat it. Um. So like, you know, you grew up in in New York as a Greek American. How was it, and how is it maybe now? being part of the lgbtq community and uh, do you see like the struggles of fellow greek americans versus people who are uh, growing up right now maybe in greece like what was that like you know i actually just um it's so it's so hard being gay and greek american it's mm -hmm. because so many greek americans are super conservative and even ones that aren't are still have have a gay bias. Mm. And I've seen that in just trying to create content. Like there's, you know, I've been doing this Greek mom thing for so long. And I know, I know that there's people that refuse to follow me because I'm a, a gay guy in a wig. Wow. I just know. And I, and that has been proven to me. It's not like, oh, I just think that and I'm paranoid about that. That has been proven to me by like, messages that I receive from people and, you know, things, things, you know, being going viral and then people not following me. And I just, 
Yeah, and and even things that comments on TikTok videos and even seeing like there's people on TikTok that have copied my videos word for word and gotten more followers because they're they're not a gay Greek person and or because you know because they're a woman or because whatever and I'm like okay well I'll just have to deal with that I guess for the rest of my life mm-hmm. but if I can make it easier for a different generation then that is kind of where I'm I'm just aiming for because I know how difficult it is and like I get messages all the time from people that are like I'm gay I haven't come out yet it's really hard or you know I I you know I thought my parents would be accepting but they're not and you know do you have any advice or I have a a little brother that I'm pretty sure is gay but he refuses to come out and I really want to help him hmm. um like every day I get something like that it's so insane and there's this kid that I even like you know messaged my boyfriend and me and we had to like he was really wanted to come out to his family and like I we called him and we're just trying to give him advice because it's it's so hard it really is just so difficult and it's insane but it is that's that you're doing god's work uh <laughs> but... I'm trying I'm really trying like it's it's so difficult. No, but that's the beauty like you're you you know you have your own community and you have created so much good content and you have, you know, such a g- good following and you know there will always be haters, but the fact that you have more people who appreciate your work and also seeks out your advice on and the idea of you just being being an example of that it's okay to be gay and greek american you know i think that's uh, that's very useful to everyone who who knows you and follows you so that's you know that's amazing work that you're doing what do you think i guess in the le- next 100 years how do you think um the relationship between greece and america or just the community will shape to be like you know it's starting really to um diverge in the way that i think that i actually think a great example i know exactly how it's going to go because generationally it's just how it's been uh italians you know there's been uh i think you know greeks wave of immigration happened you know last wave happened in the 80s whereas italians it happened you know more in the 50s and the 60s and a lot of italians are like second and third generation at this point in america and this diff- like the separation between like italian americans and italians is like very clear at this point and i think that that is uh one example is language like most italians that i meet that are in america don't speak italian because it's not something that was important to them growing up um and mostly because in the 60s it was it was encouraged to assimilate into american culture whereas in the 80s it's not as encouraged um uh and so i think like second third generation greeks are going to first you know they're not going to learn the language growing up like i did and they're not going to have people in their lives that do know the language and that's going to go and then you know when those people go to greece it's going to be harder for them to communicate and i think that it's exactly what's happening in with between italian americans and in italy that kind of is the trajectory i think that we're headed in and not in a bad way at all but i think that's just nor- naturally what happens we become more americanized and greeks kind of just are greek and that's it um like i know you mentioned some music and you know food um that has like a big influence in american culture right um what are some of the recommendations that you would give 
to people who would want to, you know, get into the Greek culture? Um, pasticho. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta, have you ever had it? No. It's like baked ziti. It's like, um, it's, it's like pasta and meat and a bechamel sauce. It's yeah, amazing. That sounds great. Um, it's so good. It's do, you, do you have a, do you have a spot um, in the city that you go to? I have a lot of spots. First of all, one King Sublaki is like the best. Yeah. Best. Yeah, I'm taking notes. Korea. Yeah. Uh King, uh like King and Queen, King Sublaki. Yeah. There's a there's a really good restaurant if you want like a fancy dinner, there's a really good restaurant called um uh Aliyah in the Upper West Side that is mm. so good. Um but like we have a lot of like great fish things that we eat a lot like and a lot of the desserts i feel like haven't been discovered yet like we have so many great desserts we have all these cookies called curabieves that are amazing we have basilopita is my favorite we have this new year's cake called basilopita mm. and it's like a sugar cake yeah and you cut into it right and there's a coin hidden in the cake yeah and you eat it on new year's and so whoever gets the coin and their slice gets good for the year it's uh, this whole thing i think I it'd love be lovely I it's love such that. a cool custom yeah that i think would be so great for americans to have yeah. too um yeah. yeah um and what about the music you you said you, Yo, you gotta listen you gotta listen on a vc you gotta on listen on a vc yeah you gotta listen to vespina van v it's so fucking good. And, I love it. And, I, you know, it's funny because I don't really listen to that much Greek music anymore, but I've heard Tamta is really good, too. Yeah. Get on it. Hell yeah, dude. Um, before we go, where can the audience find you? What kind of projects you're working on? Where should we look you up? I'm uh, at Constantly Gus on all things. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like the podcast, go to Apple, write us a review, subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcast. Shout out to our podcast partners, Tiny Cupboard. Check them out. They have a lot of virtual shows. We used to run a show with them. If you want to connect with me, find me on social media at Shafi Stands Up on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening.